Welcome to Into the Void, where we dive deep into the void that is pop culture. My name is Josh McCallum. With me today is my co-host, John Rodriguez. Yeah. Brayton Hutzenstein. Hello. And our guest, uh, Blake Williams. I'm back, bitches. And Dane Buckkeep. Hi, I hate podcasts, but I'm here anyways. And today we'll be talking about movies. Where do you want to start? So, we should talk about everyone's favorite movie. Sure. Right. Uh, Dane, since this is your first time, let's start with you. Welcome to hell, Dane. Okay. <laughs> I'm uh, just so kidding. My favorite movie place. is The Outlaw Josie Wales, starring uh, Clint Eastwood, because he's a cool guy. And uh, I don't know. It's a pretty great movie, frankly. It's also like three hours long, which is kind of ridiculous. But, you know, it. I'm a fan of longer movies if they're really quality. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got a lot of good action scenes, just a subtle hint of comedy, you know, back when it was made in the, I'm sure it was made in the like 70s or 80s or something. I'm not actually sure. Did yes. you ever, did you see his new one, The Mule? I did not. I didn't. I think. I heard The Mule was good. See, I, I heard mixed reviews because I heard it was good, but I also heard it flopped. I heard yeah. it was good, but then my best friend said that it was bad or that he's not a fan of his directing, which it is directed mm-hmm. by him. Mm-hmm. Which I'm a fan of his directing, but his the movies he directs are just kind of weird. Yeah, like uh, everyone has a taste, right? Everyone well, he did like did he direct Grand Torino? Yeah, he did. Okay, I haven't seen Grand Torino. It's on Netflix, but I totally haven't watched it yet. Same. Well, we have time now. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, Another one he directed was called. Uh, it's not High Plains Drifter. It's Unforgiven. Yeah, he did a lot of westerns. Yeah, he started in a lot of westerns. Well, it's because he looks very western. But Unforgiven is just stark, bleak, kind of mm-hmm. terrifying. Because mm. um, it's not like oh, your classic western shoot 'em up, good guys, bad guys. It's all morally gray. This one kid that he's like, oh, I killed so many people. Then he actually kills someone, and he has a mental breakdown about it. It's really weird. Huh. Oh, yeah, I see. But. I think he captured the, like, you know, actual West or a more realistic, less glorified West. Right. Um, I've been talking a lot about Clint Eastwood. I feel like we should give it over to someone else. Yeah. Like, uh, Bryson, um, what's your favorite? Oh, geez. I have a lot of favorite movies. Um, for me, it depends on genre. But I think my favorite movie overall that I've seen so far is um, Arya Stare's Hereditary. Um, just because oh, okay, um, Ari, Ari Aster, if you will. But... Right. Um, it's a great movie, and he really takes his own like twist on the horror genre, um, especially the poltergeist genre, and just kind of like makes it his own. And that's what I love about Ari Aster, um, is he's able to take whatever project he's working on and kind of just uh, uh, give it his own like twist and like build suspense throughout. It was really cool. Josh, you know you're allowed to like talk over no, people I'm on kidding. a podcast. Like you can, um. you can like. <laughs> I was joking, <laughs> like, man. So, I was joking. So yeah, so. Um, for clarification, the reason I interrupted you, Bryson, was because um, I picked up my Gatorade here that I have with me, right? 
for the audience at home. That's how it sounds. Dude, uh, I love ASMR. And um, uh, Dane motioned over to me that I should just slurp it really <laughs> loudly. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and so I started laughing, and then Josh stared me down. Um, so, guys, I don't think I'll be back on the podcast because I will be dead. Because Josh is going to kill me. That's rather sad. Um, we'll miss you. I'm going to be murdered because I um, made this sound on the podcast. I crumpled this. This sound. John, don't John, play music right now. <laughs> this isn't the music we podcast. We know you want to DJ, but just save it for another time. Yeah. Um, okay. Long story um, short, I like being um, really kind of like moderately obnoxious on podcasts. Okay, Bryce, and I had Bryson. something to yes. talk about hereditary, but sure. if you're going to talk about it more, we should probably segue back to you before going to me. Um, I was just going to say that um, Ari Aster, he's been known because he's only has like two full-length movies so far, mm-hmm. um, but he on an interview said that his next movie might be a domestic melodrama, which will be interesting. Because his entire repertoire is horror right now, mm-hmm. but he really wants to like direct a um, a domestic like drama movie about There's the nothing family. More terri- ter- nothing more terrifying than domestic melodrama. That's true. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a point to make about Hereditary. I saw it when I went home for that would have been Christmas break, uh-huh. and it was just strange because the first half of it was entirely god awful. Feelings wise, it was a great like you know cinematography, right, everything. Right. It just made you feel awful, yep. Because everything is terrible is happening to this woman, mm-hmm. and then it keeps getting worse for her and her family. But I really liked that cinematography, like where they you know they did the the weird house views and all that other stuff. You would only yeah. understand if you watched it. Um. So a big thematic thing in Hereditary was um the mom i forget her name um but her kind of like losing her control over her situation um and that was like her attempt of control and like order was always shown through her like miniature paintings in the dollhouse Mm -hmm. um and so like when they did shots like that like the shot at the end of the attic scene um was very much set up to look like the dollhouse Mm -hmm. um and to look like mini figurines and stuff um and that was kind of like showing that she wasn't actually in control the entire time it was like all played out for her Mm. um and that could be taken several ways um but yeah like i think psychologically and philosophically it was a great movie had some awesome points to make and it had some cool demon stuff so i really like those like super complex movies oh yeah especially cinematography uh cinematographically beautiful films right my favorite film of all time um for a very very long time has been um ben stiller's uh the secret life of walter mitty right yeah so that's not first of all ben stiller everyone they hear ben stiller and they think all right probably like a bad kids movie or maybe like a mediocre comedy mm-hmm. um, zoolander is a great movie i love zoolander <laughs> Zoolander is amazing. i love zoolander don't you make fun <clears throat> of zoolander like that i love zoolander yeah, i'll fight you but Night zoolander 2 is all right um i didn't get to see it yet zoolander 2 is just all right um, but with the secret life of Walter Mitty is just so much more. It's very, it's beautiful. Like it's a movie that you watch and you could watch, I could watch it silent and it would yeah. still be fantastic. Cause every single frame could be like a picture that I would hang up on my wall. Every single frame. 
you know, like every single frame is so dynamic, so beautiful, so open, so free when it needs to be, but so closed uh -huh. and so tight and so cold when it needs to be. It's very dynamic. I will, however, say that there is a movie making a run for its money for my favorite. And that's the film 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, right? You keep talking. I do. I do. I've really, really it. You good. just watched it. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, so 30 Seconds Over Tokyo is a film that came out in 1944. It's black and white, right? It's two hours, 18 minutes, which for 1944 is really long, right? Because that was at the point in time where they're still using like reels of film, you know? So mm -hmm. that's a lot of reels of film for two hours, 18 minutes. Um, and it just, it tells the story of the first air raid on Japan after Pearl Harbor. And it is fascinating. Like as if you were like an audience going into this film in the 1940s, not knowing um, what it's like, you know, what this, what it was going to be about. Um, it would blow you out of the water. It's a, such a good film. And it's it's a pro-war film, definitely. Uh -huh. You know, because it's a World War II film. Right. But it doesn't shy away from showing just how horrific war is. Mm -hmm. Just how terrible war, you know, war can be and what war will do to you. And that was big for the time period. Yeah. I mean, that was like right before... You know, it wasn't Red Scare yet, but, mm -hmm. you know, we were leading up to it. and That like, was right before the bomb. Right, and, like, patriotism had to be high in mm -hmm. anything for people to really accept it. And so, like, that's kind of cool to see something, like, blatantly, you know, sh not shy away from. Maybe not, like, a complete expose, mm -hmm. but it definitely, like, is cool to see, like, flaws being pointed out in a system yeah. that's so widely accepted at the time. Yeah, they had there was a scene in the film um, where the main character, which if you really care about spoilers for a film that came out in 1944, 80 years ago, you know, you'll be fine. Sorry, 76. But um, there's a scene in the film um, in which there is an amputation performed in the sort of jungle of China hmm. as the anesthetic wears off. Oh. And it's oh geez. it's it's like fascinating. You can hear the fear in the actor's voice, right? Uh -huh. Like it is visceral. And that's not something you expect from a movie from the forties. Right. When you think no. movies from the forties, you think, you know, stuff like, you know, White Christmas or or Sound of Music. Those are both from the fifties, but like same sort of idea. You right, think right. Charlie Chaplin, right? Yeah, Charlie Chaplin, uh, Zoom to the Moon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You don't think these really dramatic, heavy like visceral action uh, and physical acting scenes. You think, oh, light comedy, fun stuff. But like when I watched this film, right, when I watched that scene, I genuinely like felt like a pit in my stomach of just how gripping, right, that scene was. Because they don't, they don't even show any blood, uh -huh. right? They don't show the amputation. They don't show any blood afterwards. Like it it's fascinating it's fascinating and he's awake for the entirety of this this procedure right so Yikes. he's awake for the amputation he has a spinal anesthetic that is um wearing off as like the amputation is happening and he just starts just screaming before he passes out it's insane it's just realism of what it was at the time um 
I mean, yeah. Because, like, even back then, mm-hmm. like, anesthetics went that advanced as it is mm-hmm. now. So Especially not, like, if you're crash landing in the jungles of China in right. 1944, yeah. mm-hmm. right? They're not going to have access to anesthetic. I mean, maybe if you're in, like, a New York hospital, you know, in 1944. But, like, even in, like, you know, smaller cities in the U.S. at the time, they didn't have fantastic medicine. Right. Well, they would have had, like, those little squeezy tubes of morphine to just oh, yeah. go boink and yeah, but like <laughs> make you feel pleasant for like five minutes while they cut All off right, your leg. I guess they were out of those. We know you're dying, but we're gonna boink you. <laughs> <laughs> boink, boink, boink. Um, soldier, I, had... I need you to do something for me. What is it, sir? Before I go out, I need you to boink me. <laughs> <laughs> boink me, good soldier. Um, boink me real hard. Captain, my captain. I had a point to make about another similar movie to what I'm understanding is called Fury, which I think I told you about already. Oh, Blake. that's with a Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Yeah, that Pitt one. And oh, I haven't World seen War that II one. World War II tank. I have like, not seen it. Down. Um, it's so really good. it's about a tank crew mm-hmm. in the like final days of World War II, or at least the final months of, and they're going through Germany, and it's kind of showing you how like underprepared undersupplied everyone is they're literally the last of like three tanks in the region and it's a very like harsh movie in a similar way to what i'm thinking your the movie you were talking about is where like the they get a new guy and he was a typist or like a secretary for one of the officers it's not refer yeah that'd be it so Uh, They put him in a tank crew because they have no one else that's qualified and no one else to just fill a position where someone got killed. And he doesn't want to have to kill anyone. So at some point during the movie, Brad Pitt forces him to shoot uh, a German soldier that they capture. Like, it's really hard to watch because the, like, you know, the German soldier is pleading for his life, holding up Mm -hmm. a picture of his family and pleading in German. Yeah, and like broken English, kind of like that one dude in... Uh, Inglorious Bastards? No, not that one. Because oh. uh, that's a fantastic that is, that's a, that's a great movie. scene, too. Saving Private mm-hmm. Ryan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. okay. Like, you know, that kind of pleading, and it's just awful, and I shouldn't spoil the ending for anyone who wants to, you know, go yeah, watch it. Please don't. Go watch it. No, no, no. Uh, we will watch it. I own it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been talking about a lot of war films, um, so to kind of turn that subject, uh, John, what is your favorite movie? Dude, fucking Shanghai Noon slaps. What? I've, I've never heard of that. Shanghai I, Noon. It's a Tell Jackie us. Chan movie. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I okay. think I thought it was like one of those movies in that vein. I'd heard it, heard of it before. I'd never seen it before. Jackie Chan. I haven't watched it. Tell John. What's about? So like basically, so it was dealing with like railroad business and that kind of stuff, because Asian Americans at that time were mainly and people coming over from Asia were yeah. sent to work in railroads. Is this just, like the eighteen sixties, eighteen seventies? It's gonna be right yeah. in there. So. He pretty much like so so happens like every Jackie Chan movie the princess gets captured, taken over across seas, and then they have a bunch of her guard come over and pretty much with gold, other riches and try to barter with her. But at the same time, Owen Wilson <coughs> hijacks the train, gets the gold off the train, 
Jackie Chan chases after him like a good man would. Wow. Wow. Are you are you telling me that there exists a movie where Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson fight to the death and I didn't know about it? Well they don't fight. They ended up befriending each other. Oh, they became God damn it. Yeah, I know. Damn it, Owen Wilson. There's also Owen Wilson, you darling. (laughs) (laughs) He's in the new uh, Loki. TV oh. c- show. Is he? Really? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Wow. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Wow. John, so. John, I really want to see that now. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds That sounds, it really sounds nice. interesting, for sure. Like, there hasn't been a movie listed here that I haven't want to see. Even, like, Hereditary. Like, I know it's a horror movie, and I'm a giant pussy. Same. Um, Bitch. <laughs> but um, I still want to see it. It's really good. Yeah. Cinemagraphically, it's really good. Um, It won a couple awards, um, and... Tony Collette, I think, is the main actress. Mm-hmm. Um, she won the MTV, uh, or she got nominated at least for the MTV Movie Award for Most Frightened Actress oh. because of like just this visceral scene that was shot where um, she like just found out that uh, how her daughter died, which I won't spoil how because it's kind of a big thing. Um, but like she just found out about it and like she sees the the body of the daughter and she just like there's like it has to be at least 15 to 30 seconds. Like it's a long and she's just screaming like the entire time. And I like, I saw it in theaters and I almost had to like walk out. Oh shit. Yeah. Damn. And I'm, I'm um, pretty good with you horror You said movies, it was an MTV award. Yeah. So it doesn't Did she really play the much? guitar on the MTV. <laughs> that ain't working. That's, <laughs> That's the way you do it. Money for nothing and your chicks for free. Back to movies. Uh, Josh. <laughs> that ain't working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, mine is, well, mine's going to be really different from all of yours. It's an animated one that came out in 2016, uh, A Silent Voice. Well, I haven't seen that one. Is it good? Oh, I haven't it, heard of this one. It's a, it's Silent Voice. It's an anime movie. movie mm. made oh, by never mind. I have totally heard of this Naoko movie. Naoko y- Yamada. And it's all about uh, this guy. It's a high school guy. Who uh, starts out when he was younger. He starts a harem. No. Josh, I didn't know you were into those movies. <laughs> Josh, It's a drama romance people. So I got this idea for a new anime <laughs> plot. Right. Girl, she's got huge bazongas. Guys, guys, please. No, this is, All right, it's really, it's serious. Like, it deals with, uh, deals with depression, suicide. Oh, shit. Like, it's deep. At the, no, at the beginning, wow. fun of this movie. At the this beginning is, uh, of the movie, the main character is standing on a bridge, contemplating jumping. Yikes! He's literally sold all his all his stuff. Does somebody say, "I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend"? This no. is a movie podcast, <laughs> not a music Stop. podcast. No, Sorry, get out of here. No, but on that note, <laughs> as I'm getting it, he's standing he's, at, he's standing on the bridge. Think about what he's kind of done in his life. Because when he was mm-hmm. in grade school, the there was this girl that she was new to school. She was deaf. She couldn't hear anything. So she, every day he would like make f- fun of her and stuff, like bully this girl. Wow, what a jerk! And like because of it, like he when she got shit when she got uh, she cancel him on Twitter. <laughs> earphone, uh, not earphones. Uh, You're canceled. Hearing aids. Yeah, when she got hearing aids, uh, he would rip them out. And like rip them out, oh destroy them, and stuff. They did a really good job of making this protagonist sound like a complete. And they're trying asshole. to. Wh- they're yeah. trying he to give me reasons why we asshole. don't want him to kill himself. 
Well, I'm it's sorry, throughout the movie, but Don't, it's this, no. all this stuff. But then at, there's a point, tur- there's a turning point suicide. where, like, when it's not just him, it's him and all his friends. But when every, when it's time to like, when the teacher tries to confront everyone, they all turn on him. Oh. And so that now he has no friends. And since then, the old Shanghai since then switch. it's all it's all about. Since then, he hasn't. He's been a loner. I don't think that's a turn. But, a, but that's just the beginning of the movie. Okay. That's as all the mov- just the beginning. Of that's the, the movie? beginning of the movie. As it goes that on, that could just be a movie. <laughs> as it goes on, he meets up with the girl again. Oh yeah. Later on in high school, and he's trying to be, try to be friends to make up to her and stuff. It keeps going. That's where mm-hmm. the kind of romance goes. He in. He wants to make up and make out. Well, he d- oh, no. He wants to make. He wants to make up. They don't want to. They kind of at the beginning don't want to make out. It's all just a. All about uh-huh. understanding, acceptance, and just how your consequences, even when you're young, still follows you throughout your life. That makes sense. And That's really yeah. good. It's great. But on the topic, like you were saying, the money's for nothing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's Didn't only... For free? Yeah. There's only... It's really weird because it's like a sad, depressing movie. The opening song is My Generation. Mm. Really? Yes. <laughs> My generation. Yeah, it's really my weird. My generation, it's, baby. When I was first watching, it, I'm like, oh, it's gonna, gonna up, it's gonna be an up, it's gonna be an upbeat movie type break of. Break copyright, copyright laws. Yeah, well, fine. It's a cover. But yeah, no. I I thought it would be like a good up movie. No, like I've seen this. This is the greatest movie I've probably seen. I keep watching it every time. At a certain point, when I'm not gonna spoil, but at a certain point, I just. I don't really cry a lot, but I shed tears for this it, during watching this movie because it's so impactful. It's for me, it's really relatable on some points. Because you also bullied a deaf girl when you were young. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I have depression. So uh, hey, uh, that was an awkward silence. Um, hey, uh, so there's another movie I'd like to talk about because <gasps> I really oh, like girl. it. Yeah. Um, oh so this movie came in, coming out in 2015. Uh, was a drama thriller starring our very own Colin Farrell. Um, if you can guess the movie, 2015, Colin Farrell, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Nope. Midsummer. It wasn't Midsummer. Midsummer came out in 2019. Um, I just heard a name that I didn't recognize and assumed Midsummer. Oh. Midsummer is ar- also Arya Stair. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Um. Because it's a horror movie, and I don't watch horror movies. The movie I'm referencing is The Lobster, an expose on the uh, um, absurdist viewpoint and philosophy. Also, really good movie. Not Rock Lobster. Another really good movie that also starts with the word the and has the first letter L, The Lighthouse. Those These are both great movies. Yes, both nautical-themed and Let's both very absurd. Well, I want the lobster is like a nautical themed name. Oh, the lobster! Oh, okay. oh, yeah, I know the what you're talking. I've never um, seen the lobster. Okay, but, so know. plot synopsis for the lobster. Basically, mm-hmm. um, so in the world of the lobster, you find someone and you fall in love with them. But if you don't, you get sent to this hotel where you have like 45 days to find someone and fall in love with them. Um, and basically, you have to live the rest of your life with them. Um, and if you don't, within those 45 days. Um, you get turned into the animal of your choice. And, like, it doesn't explain mechanics because, like, the director realized the mechanics of it don't really matter. It's about the story he's telling. So it follows um, this guy. His name's David. 
and David has to find somebody he fa- to fall in love with. Mm, delightfully devilish. Seymour. Um, but he is struggling to do so because he's like weird um, and he doesn't have a very defined character. Um, and he's like struggling with the purpose, his own purpose in life. So um, the entire movie is about how his life, because it's an, an absurdist piece, it's because he's trying to find meaning in finding the person he loves and as soon as he stops doing that and like literally runs away from the hotel he's staying at um whilst like putting his own life on the line um until that moment uh he has no purpose but then he finds his purpose um through denying the purpose he's been given and that's kind of the absurdist ideal of it yes i love that ideal that's very very anarchist and i love it it does align a lot with anarchy um, and anarchism in political thoughts. So. <laughs> but yeah, um, do you want to tell us about The Lighthouse? I would love to tell you guys about The Lighthouse. So The Lighthouse is a wonderful film shot in black and white. It came out in 2019. Oh. 2019 mm-hmm. or 2018? Uh, 2019. 19, I think. 19. Yeah. I think it's 19. Um, and it is the story of two wikis. Um, which wikis are lighthouse keepers, right? So these two gentlemen uh, find themselves on an island, on a lighthouse. Um, things get absurd as one of them sort of slowly loses his mind a little bit, or maybe he doesn't. It's a very, very cryptic, very difficult to sort of parse film. Watching it your first time, you will not understand what's happening whatsoever. Correct. But it's just so. Yeah, the second you watch it, the second time, mm-hmm. um, and like you might have to do a little research and like figure out what the movie is actually about. Yes. Um, I certainly did, but um, yeah, once you like get through it, it's great and it's really fun. Um, well, I wouldn't call it fun at all. <laughs> no. But like it's it's nice to like be able to decipher it and say oh this is about this and that makes sense because that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my input on it. So how many times would you recommend watching it to like understand I'd say like it? Three. Yeah, like the second time you'll get parts of it, and mm-hmm. then the third time you'll pick up the little bits that yeah, you missed. Yeah, so the first time you're just experiencing it, the second time you're right. researching it, and the third time you're enjoying it. Nice. Um, I think the most important thing when considering watching the movie is making sure you have a good sound system, because um, yeah. the movie, like a lot of um, a lot of indie developed uh, horror movies of late, uses a lot of low frequency sound to kind of set moods and stuff. Um, Midsummer did that a lot with a lot of low frequency. Um, just like you can feel the sound; it's super weird. Infrasound um, is the term. That's the one. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie. It's really well done. Um, it's going to be weird, especially your first time. It's going to be really weird because it's not shot yeah. like any movie. Especially the you ending. Seen. Yes. The ending of the film is very, very, very yes. weird. For sure. But it's really, really good. It's really good. And don't kill seagulls. Don't kill seagulls. Seagulls all your friend. Don't kill the seabirds. <laughs> I, I have another movie. Uh, it's, way off it's like way different than even more different than uh, a silent voice john wick mm. oh i yeah. love john i've seen wick. the first one i, I haven't gotten to the other still two. haven't seen john wick you need to mm. 
they are amazing. Like it, it, the story preference is, uh, a, mafia kills assassin's dog. Mm-hmm. Assassin gets pissed off, <laughs> kills everyone. It's the basic premise. premise, but I was just watching recent so, something recently by a Nerdist News, and it really gets into how like John Wick. If you look deep into it, the series could be about the the stages of grief because like the, John Wick, who is played by Keanu Reeves, gets this dog, dog. from his dead wife. Like his wife died, but he, he she knew that he needed someone to be in his life. So, or he would just go back to his old ways of being an assassin, killing people and stuff. And so she bought him this dog. And it's a, it's a small beagle and stuff. And these, guy, and these guys come in, break into his house, and kill the dog while he wasn't there. Comes back, and he is just devastated. Because this was the one thing he had of his wife mm-hmm. that was left. And because they killed it, it kind of felt like they killed part of his soul because it was from his wife. Like they killed part of his wife again. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Just all over again. It's also, um, at least I can attest for the first one, overall just a really well choreographed like action film. You know, it's just fun to watch a dude beat up a lot of other mm-hmm. dudes. Um, and that's a lot of fun uh, when it's done well. But um, a movie that really disappointed me and I was really excited for was... Um, you might have heard of it. Hardcore Henry. Did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. The hear first about person it. one. I didn't actually yeah. go and yeah. see it, but I heard about it. Yeah. So How was it they put it on either Netflix or Hulu, one of the two, for a bit. But um, it was like, it was a really cool premise, but you can tell that most of the work on the movie went into making a cool looking movie. So it suffered in the writing. And that's what, that's kind of why it flopped, was because the writing was kind of mediocre, while the action scenes were really cool. And it was cool to see it in first person because you never see that on the big screen. Like, but I don't know. It was all right um, as a movie. You know, I would have given it like a seven. Okay, I it's, mean, it's definitely bad. still it's worth still a watch. A, good mo- a seven's pretty good compared to a lot of other movies, right? And like, even if you just want to sit down and watch something that's like cool to look at, that would be a movie to watch. It's really fun. Yeah. So I think to wrap up. Um, we just go around and I know we already talked about our favorite movies, but maybe one movie, um, that you would recommend to someone who like is kind of new to the movie scene, if you will, new to the, your style of movie scene. So your favorite genre, recommend one of that genre. Okay. I'll go ahead and start, I guess. Um, since I am the guest here now that Dane has left. Yeah, sadly Dane left early. Now that I've consumed Dane and <laughs> taken his power. Um, so my, my movie scene is definitely art films and um, very absurd films and films that make you think, you know. So like Stanley Kubrick, you know. Speaking of Stanley Kubrick, the film I'm going to recommend to everyone, whether you already watch this type of film or not, is Full Metal Jacket. It's a war film, but it is a war film like none other. Um, it's... God, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It it um, it definitely challenges the perception of war and the perception of morality um, and whether or not we have any. And it portrays war as gruesome and horrible as it is. And it also 
definitely shows the part of war we don't get to see, which is the fact that in order to get to war, soldiers already had to be broken by their drill instructors. Yep. And uh, I'm not going to spoil anything. It's from 1987, so you've had some time to watch it. But since I'm recommending it, I will not spoil anything. But, it, ooh, it's really ooh. good. Great movie. Uh, John. Yeah, John. Uh, I'm really big on, like, movies that have, like, complete universes and not just, like, the standard one-shot. So I think one that's doing like a decent job of like expanding the story is the Conjuring universe. Because we have like, you know what happened in the past, you know what predated that, then we are continually and slowly moving forward into what, what, what the third Conjuring now of like a s- yeah. seven or eight movie series. So... Yeah, the rise of the cinematic universe has been really interesting um, to watch just because, like, you know, I don't want to say gone are the days of the standalone film, but, you know, it's becoming a lot more common to have films that could stand by themselves, but we're going to tie them into something already well known. Um, And that serves, like, several purposes, not only for, like, you know, character recognition and, you know, uh, a series like The Avengers, you know, you you can't develop... 32 characters or however many there are in a single movie, you know? So that was really smart of them. And from a marketing scheme. There's also, yeah, marketing-wise, merchandising-wise. Right. Like, building, the more movies a character appears in, the more popular they're going to be, just by mathematics, you know? The more times you see something, the more likely you are to want to buy a product of it, you know? So if you have Iron Man be in 12 different films, you know, then people are going to want to buy more Iron Man toys. Right, you know? right. So yeah. developing cinematic universes, I, it was a thing pioneered. Um, the merchandising scheme that we have today and the you know the film scheme we have today really was pioneered by Star Wars back in the 70s. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, for but sure. then 76. Disney ruined it. Um, no. Yeah. but Was it 72? When did Star Wars come out? I, w- I want to say 72. Yes. Yeah. Or, or no, I think it was later than that. Either way. Anyway, Star Wars came out in the 70s, and it you know was really sort of first thing to do that. And then once Empire Strikes Back came out, right, and then obviously um, Return of the Jedi, you know, you saw this trilogy rather than just a standalone film, and that wasn't a thing that you really saw a lot of. And then you started seeing Terminator, Terminator 2. You started seeing, you know, Aliens. You started seeing all these sequels to films. Um and building a franchise out of it. And that all ties back to uh, good old Georgie Lucas. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so my recommendation comes from the wonderful world of horror. Um, I love horror movies. I think that they can, when done right, tell a really good story, and one, when done wrong, give you something that's just really fun to watch with a couple buddies, you know? Um, Santa Jaws. And it's yeah. just hilarious, too. Exactly. So, um, my recommendation from the horror category could go a lot of places, um, but I think I'm going to go with, well, now I actually have to think about it. Um, I'm going to go with the Friday the 13th movies just because of how people will say that like American Psycho really defined the slasher. And I think it did, but I think that Friday the 13th really had a way of revolutionizing it and making it, um, 
you know, they really refined the kind of, you know, a big plot twist at the end and chasing down teenagers at a camp. You know, it's just, it's so iconic that it's hard to forget. So that entire series, no matter how bad the movies are, because some of them are terrible, like Jason X, when, you know, the whole thing mm-hmm. takes place in space for no reason. Um, there's still just a lot of fun, really campy movies, and they're definitely worth a watch. I ha- would have to re- recommend the movies, like the one like the same I enjoy, would be the ones that like have deeper meaning. Like on the surface, it's the fun entertaining. The ones with the deeper meaning really gets me. Just yes. like that, like I yes. like uh, John Wick with the, the emotional ideal of the dog and the wife, uh, a silent voice with depression, suicide, and all that. Another one I would recommend is a, another uh, animated film called "I Want to Eat Your Pancreas." I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, please explain. Okay, it's the the title is weird, but it's a yeah. really deeper meaning about this girl with a terminal ill cancer who who is going to die at some point but it's all about the not is it all about the celebration of life how you just live your life knowing that one day you're just gonna not be there anymore so when does she eat your pancreas yeah Uh, it's just a movie because it's it's the title of the movie because of some there's a throwaway line like a uh somewhere in like uh out East or something like there's a culture that believes if you eat the pancreas of someone you like consume their soul. Weird. I don't know why, but the deeper meaning is all about living life to the fullest and just enjoying the the people who are around you. Because one right. day they won't be there anymore. And that's another movie that actually made me tear up a bit. Alrighty. Um Shout outs? Yeah, shout outs. Uh, Since sadly Dane is not here, Blake, you you start with you again. All right, I'll go ahead and start off. Um, Some shouts. Every time I'm on here, I'm going to have to shout out my own podcast at Player3Podcast on Instagram. Um, You know, we'd really appreciate if you came by. We do gaming and tech news. Um, Bryson's actually on a couple episodes. Yeah. Um, And maybe we'll get one of these other two hooligans on there at some point in time. Heck yeah. But um, other than that, I would definitely love to shout out Edgar Wright. Um, He is one of the greatest directors of this century. He has a way of um, connecting film and music and rhythm and time all together in a way that makes a movie that is more than just a visual experience. It's a whole physical experience it's an auditory experience you know and that's that's you you agree bryson you know oh definitely um he definitely shows that in the movie baby driver Mm -hmm. is just being able to see a song pretty much is what the movie feels like check out really cool check out baby driver baby check out scott pilgrim versus the world um, oh, this guy made that movie too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's <laughs> Which amazing. Um, um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. You can literally. I love this movie so much because if you take the comic books, um, which the movie is based on, you can read the comic book and any panel you can look up and see the exact same thing on screen. Yeah, and that's really cool to me. Yeah. Um. He also made the Cornetto trilogy. Mm-hmm. So that's Pub Crawl at the End of the World. That's Hot Fuzz. That's um, Shaun, Shaun of the, the Dead. Dead. So yeah. Every movie this guy touches is gold. Absolute gold. Yeah. Definitely check out Edgar Wright. I recommend Hot Fuzz. That's a fantastic film. 
Um, so my shout out is going to another band. I almost always do music, so get used to that. Um, but this band, they're kind of well known already, but they're um, still a little lower than I'd like them to, them to be. Um, the band is the Struts, and they have a really okay. nice, like, modern Brit rock style that's really fun to listen to. Um, I don't know. A good intro song is Body Talks. Don't listen to the one featuring Kesha. Listen to their original because it's a really great song. Um, and yeah. Uh, big shout out to James Wan, who's really revolutionized the sup- suspense genre of like horror, thriller, and that style of movie. Uh, shout out to Studio Ghibli for all the great movies they've made over the years. Yeah, we had done yes. a movie episode and didn't even talk about Studio Ghibli or we, Quentin Tarantino. I know. Or Edgar. We gotta do another one, yeah. dude. We're gonna have to do a second one. Yep. We didn't even talk about Sam Sam Raimi this time around too. Oh, we didn't talk about Sa- the Seven Samurai. Oh, we we messed up. We didn't talk. We missed a lot, but that's we didn't talk about the Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man movies. Well, you mean the two we have Spider-Man an- movies? No, the good Spider-Man ones. Three. Yeah, there's the there's three. first it's, two. It's a trilogy. There's three. We don't talk about the third one. We, we do talk, talk about, about the third, third one. Oh, we the fuck we know. It was very fun. Oh, look who's back. Hey, hey come hey, back hey, in. Hey, 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 shout out. Shout out. You're doing yeah, a shout out, man. Mike. Anything. anything. Just anything. get your mic and shout like. out anything. Something you like that you want other people to like. Great gadzooks. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, shout out to... Uh, <laughs> do what's like something a favorite you like? movie. Something you like. Movie, I'm music, trying to games. think of something. Brand you can't just of cigar. put me on the spot like this. This is stupid. Uh, where did the headphones go? I'm you don't need the headphones. Oh, you cheat. Oh, anyway. <laughs> um, shout out to... Uh, Coronavirus. This is all way too silly. <laughs> well, no, Thank no, you, stop it now. This is far too silly. Thank you, Dane. But yeah, no, we'll probably have to do another movie episode because we missed because we missed point so much. Stick. What if someone were to come at me with a pointed stick? Shut up. That's ridiculous. Raspberry. But we now we prepare that. for someone come at you with a grape. We didn't even get to Monty Python movies. We have we to do did. a Monty Banana. Python. Banana. Yeah, those are always we have to do like well Monty Python. Well, yeah, we would have to. Yeah. But anyways, this and is... And I will be there for oh. that one. Yes, you, you will. Not. Anyways, this has been Into the Void. Thank you for coming out, Dane. Blake, as always. Thank you for letting me back into the void. I can't believe <laughs> I made it back for the end of the void. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> the void is closing. Uh, we, uh, we actually have a Twitter at uh, WaveNerd. Uh, we'll be making a uh, Instagram at some point, but... Thank you for listening, and a little bit of chaos didn't hurt anyone.